Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Offside Rule Exclusives. Manchester City legend Pablo Zabaleta is no stranger to English shores. With a CV that lists two Premier League titles, an Olympic gold medal and a World Cup finalist medal, the Argentinian defender has achieved greatness at both domestic and international levels. Zabaleta can boast playing alongside the likes of Sergio Aguero, Maurizio Pochettino and, of course, Lionel Messi. In 2012, he scored the opening goal against QPR, which sent Manchester City on to win their first league title since 1968. Since then, he's followed in the footsteps of Argentinian titans Javier Mascherano and Carlos Tevez by joining West Ham United, where, at the time of recording, he still plies his trade. The offside rules sat down with Pablo Zabaleta at West Ham's training ground to learn a little more about his career and where it might lead to next. The Offside Rule Exclusives with Lindsay Hooper. Pablo, thank you very much for joining us on the Offside Rule Exclusives. It's great to have you on. I want to start, actually, with your move to England, first of all. I know that there was much that went on before that. We'll get to that later. But in terms of coming to England and making that decision when you did, I believe at the time you had an option. Was it Juventus? Yes, there was. Juventus was one and, and, and a couple of more clubs. Yeah. But obviously, I've always been a big fan of the Premier League. And uh, as a football player, you always dream, you know, to one day got a chance to go and play in, in England. And obviously, it was, it was a tough decision because I was uh, at Espanyol, lovely city, Barcelona. Uh, I was really enjoying my time in Spain. Um, and obviously, Manchester City was not the club that it is today. Mm. It was uh, completely different. It was a middle-table club, and, and and as a football player, when you're playing in for a team like Espanyol, which is another middle-table club, that's probably you're just waiting for the, some of the top club to go and play with a you know and, and win trophies and all that. But as I say, for me, it was um, one of those moments where I wanted to to make sure that coming to England was the right decision, and, and it's been 11 years now. <laughs> So what had you heard about England? What had you heard about Manchester? You must have had players that you knew that were over here. Well, when, when, when you watch English um, games, uh, normally on TV, when, when you're abroad, you know, living in Spain or Argentina, you always watch top clubs like uh, in that moment, I don't know, Arsenal, uh, Liverpool. There were not many Argentinian uh, players um, playing in the Premier League at that time. Most of them they were between uh, two countries, Italy and Spain. So normally we used to watch more Italian or Spanish games than English Premier League games. But when Manchester City showed really, you know, interest, and I, I was playing in the in China for the Olympic Games, and and uh, when my agent told me that Manchester City wanted to, um, you know, to make an offer and all that, and I want I needed to make a decision. I went on internet, obviously I was um, <laughs> looking picture of uh, Manchester, uh, also looking at the... Did you do Google Images? Uh, yes, yeah, because uh, <laughs> I went on YouTube as well, because uh, I don't know, there were not any Argentinian player playing in Manchester City, just maybe to say, okay, let's let's phone uh, somebody and just... I hope you had a weather app as well. <laughs> 
and and that was it. Just I came back to Spain, and, and it was only two three days for the end of uh, the transfer windows. I needed to make a decision. Mark Hughes was uh, was the manager, and that was it. I just at some point say, okay, let's go, let's have a new experience, let's move to a country that obviously will it will be completely different. But um, always when you from from my point of view, when when you got a chance to to move to another country with a di- different culture, different language, I don't know, is is a is another experience in life as, as well, not just in football. So um, I thought it was the right the right time, the right moment to to come. And uh, I was 23, I was young, but I think uh, with three years uh, of experience in in uh, European football. I went to Manchester, I signed my contract, I met the manager, I met some people at the club and then uh, I remember I went back to Argentina to play international games. A few days uh, later, the club has been sold to, to the new uh, owner. Yes. So it was, uh, it was literally know. a matter of days that yes. the club changed hands. And d- so mm. did you not know about that potential I, or I did you? I heard something, yeah. I heard something because the, the owner, he was before Shinawatra, I think he was from Thailand, something like yeah. that. He was uh, in trouble with, in in his country. And they, there were some uh, people talking that probably uh, he was looking to, to sell the club, but nobody knew at that time who, who would be the new owners. When I was in Argentina, a few days later, they announced the club announced that um, people from uh, Abu Dhabi bought the club, and uh, and a few days later, they signed Rovinho from um, wow. from Real Madrid on forty million pounds. I think it was uh, transfer records. Today it's nothing, forty millions. But that was the moment where everything started, you know, uh, for the club. And uh, I have to say I've been very lucky to decide to, to go mm. and sign for the Manchester City because then uh, probably would have been a different story for, for me or for the club. I came to the club in the right time. You couldn't have known as well the scale of that project that was coming in no. under Sheikh Mansour. No, no, because uh, obviously when... They spent forty million on Rovinho, and, and and you probably we everybody thought okay, uh, you know the the big money's there, mm. uh, so they they will buy players, they will try to to attract big players, big names, and all that, and it was like a, a big challenge for everybody to to be part of uh, the new era for the club. And for me, I thought let's let's work hard, let's let's show that uh, I'm good enough to to be here for the next few years. I want to challenge myself. I want to be here to achieve, uh, you know, good things with the club, to help the club to be better. And and that was it. You know, I spent nine years uh, in Manchester. I won trophies and uh, I got really good memories from uh, from my time in Manchester. You're also the sort of player that you don't just join a club, you ingratiate yourself within that local community as well. And your wife is a journalist, mm, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. She's been doing some work in Manchester Avenue News when, uh, when she was there. Yeah, it was was a good experience even for for my wife, you know, to to learn something different. And for you to learn from her as well, because being a journalist... Yes, I couldn't speak a word in English. (laughs) Uh, I remember when I came back from international games on a Friday afternoon, I went to to the training ground and and, and Mark Hughes uh, said to me that I was going to to play next day uh, on the Saturday 5.30 against Chelsea. And I I thought, but I don't know the players, I don't know my teammates, I don't know anybody... (laughs) And I remember coming into to the game and, and I met the players just a few hours before the game. And as I said, I couldn't speak a word in English. I remember the the, 
the pre-match meal, the, the pre-match meeting, uh, Marjo talking to everybody and uh, it was, I think, some of the Spanish players trying to, to translate to me and say what he was saying. So it was tough, but, I, you know, I thought I just need to learn quickly. I need to put some effort and, 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 and learn because, uh, obviously, the communication in football is so important, not just with, with the teammate, also with the manager, with the media, with everybody. So uh, I had English lessons once or twice a week. I was living in Disbury, a really nice area in Manchester, where the same thing, I was trying to go out, to talk to people. Uh, that probably was the best way to learn some uh, some English. If not at home, obviously, when when I was with my wife or when with some friends, it was all the time speaking Spanish, so... You don't learn that quick if you are all the time uh, talking in, in your native language. And at that particular time as well, professionally, you had so much going on in your career because not only moving to England, joining Manchester City, but on an international level, playing with Argentina, you ended up around that time as well, winning gold at the Olympics with mm. Argentina. And of course, all your new teammates are saying, oh, you happen to be in the same dressing room as a, a certain Mr. Messi as well. Well, I met Leo Messi when 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 he came for that tournament. No, before on under twenties, we won the World Cup in Holland before the Olympics, and, and it was the first time I met Leo Messi uh, for that tournament. Then the same group of players, uh, we won the the gold medal in the in China in 2008, and and most of this player for that generation also we we played many games for our country. We we reach. The World Cup final, we lost to Copa Americas also you know, on penalties. We were very unlucky, honestly, because uh, we lost three consecutive big, big finals. We were so close to to win the World Cup as well. You you always enjoy these international games. When you play for your country and, and wearing your, you know, the, the, the shield with, of, of your country, you, you were very proud and... and, and and, and and you give everything, and I have to say that I've been very lucky to to play alongside with great players. I have so many questions about this period because there's so many big names as well. But first of all, easily off the top of my head, Diego Maradona, because in 2010 he was your head coach. What was he like as a coach? I grew up watching Maradona playing in football. I was born in '85, and then he won the World Cup in 1986 in Mexico. And I was only one year, so I can't remember so much from this World Cup. But Maradona is like a god for everybody. So uh, then, when when I had a chance to spend some time with him as a manager, it was it was lovely experience. And I was say because in football you you meet so many people and you got a chance to work uh, alongside with great players, great managers. So uh, you always need to to remember those moments with this with this people. And trying to get into the psyche of players now because every, everyone talks about that dressing room and when you've got someone who's been such a high profile player like him, like you say, renowned in your country as godlike, they're telling you something and they've been there and they've done it. Does it stay with you and register more when someone has been at that level? Because you've got coaches oh, like Jose no. Mourinho that's not had that level but also very famous Imagine coaches. Imagine that I've been watching Maradona playing in football for maybe 20 years and then and and it was uh, it was something amazing what he's done in football and and then one day you you are in front of him and he's the manager he talked to you he's, he 
he gives you some tips, you know, for football and, 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 and all this. So um, he's had a really special moment, honestly. I don't think every great player can go on to be a great manager, though, can they? I mean, he, he's not been in terms of the same level in coaching mm. as he was as a player. Yes, definitely. Uh, being a good player doesn't mean you will be a good manager. Also off the field, it was, uh, you know, a very difficult moment for him and then when you work with different managers, you just need to take all the positive from them, learn from these people, because uh, the, the experience of football is, is massive, is huge. And, and and as I say, when they talk to, to the player in the way, he can inspire players and people, because Diego was uh, was probably one of them that uh, won the World Cup as a player, and then he got a chance to, to be the manager, and then... He was all the time telling to the players different, uh, you know, experiences in football. And when you sit down and you listen to him talking, is something uh, amazing. I do get the impression that you listen a lot. And I mean, the, the players that you've had that you've learned from teammates, I guess there's a link as well with your current club being here at West Ham because Carlos Tevez, Mascherano, are, are those players that you've listened to a lot in the past? I got uh, even uh, Carlos... Tevis and, and, and Machinar we're we're the same age and, and, and from let's say same generation we played uh, so many games on the seventeen uh, on the twenties and then I would never forget the moment when they they joined uh, West Ham because we came to play the first game at the Emirates Stadium against a friendly game against Brazil and they were playing in for Corinthians in 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 Brazil I think the, the club was struggling with something was going on in the club they needed to to sell the players and and after that game that we played in London against Brazil, they signed for West Ham and Alan Pardew was the, was the manager and and, and one, in, I think in one of the first press conference Alan Pardew said that he didn't really know them much and 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 then look uh, they became top players when Seves went to um, to United. Then City, then Mascherano went to play for Liverpool. So they spent, uh, you know, we got like same similarities with them. We we we, we played some for so many years in England. They are really good friends of mine. Good friends. Some are coming up. So I'm told that, and via video evidence here at West Ham as well, that Argentinians can do barbecues better than <laughs> anybody else. So I have an image now of you and Mascherano and Tevez. <laughs> Why is it so different? Why are you the kings of the barbecue? Well, this is a tradition. I don't know. In, in Argentina, always <laughs> uh, on the weekends, we, we love to do barbecues uh, to bring people together, families, friends. Probably you got 15 or 20 people in your house uh, and everybody having uh, barbecues. like a, a religion. We really enjoy something social as well because when you do a saddle, which is the, the the meat, is it takes two hours, two hour and a half. And this then, is why and you're and doing and it very different to us. Yeah. <laughs> we slap on those so sausages. That, that's, it's like a ritual, you know, you choose... Everyone comes three hours before, you talk, so you, you open a bottle of wine, uh, you have a few drinks uh, when the, the meat is there, then everyone sits in the table and, and and after that probably we are another hour talking after the barbecue. So yeah, you know, we normally do this on, on the Sundays and it's something uh, really good. I need to try and get a pass to one of these the at some point. The only problem is there's too much rain in this country. Oh, we no. got you know, to do something outside. <laughs> but you're better now that you're in London, surely. <laughs> no, so much drier here, so much better in London. <laughs> 
the Offside Rule exclusives. Let's talk about West Ham and that move because, like you say, you'd won every single English honour that there was to win with Manchester City. I imagine as well you'd made great friendships there. I always get this impression that you and Vincent Company were very yes. tight. And How did this move come around? I knew when I was only one year left at uh, Manchester City that my time was coming probably to an end. I was in my 30s, uh, probably sometime in football is, is good to to realise, you know, when enough is enough. And and, and, and I thought I was, uh, you know, I gave everything to the club and, and I won trophies. And then and I, I understood that probably was, it was the, the right moment to move on for my family also. And when uh, when I met Slavan, he said that he was looking uh, to have some experienced player for the right back spot. It was Sam Byram. He was doing good, but he was young. He needed probably some times, and then and obviously it's always good to have two players in each position where you can have a young player with a full of energy and all this, and probably then also have a a player with experience that probably you you also know what he's doing and then. I know that. So um, always when I came down to London to play games, I thought it was uh, a lovely place to live with the family. West Ham in English football is a club with a huge tradition in in football. And um, I remember when I came to play against West Ham with Manchester City at the London Stadium, also I was really impressed with, with the atmosphere. It was 60,000 uh, fans that night and, and it was simply amazing. When they told me that they were looking to, to bring me here to play for two years, I thought it was uh, could be good, you know, a good, mm. a good chance for me to enjoy uh, my last few years in football, to have also the chance to live in, 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 in London with the family. I have to say I'm enjoying my time at West Ham. I, I played uh, 80% of the games. Um, Wait, did you expect it? Well, I was 32 when I came, and and of course, uh, when you are in your 30s in this league, is you have to look after yourself a lot because physically, if you are not good, you will suffer in this league. The intensity, the pace of the game, and all that. And maybe I thought, okay, let's let's see how it goes. Uh, I got experience, and maybe I will play 60 or 50 percent of the game. But my first season at West Ham, I played 37 games. I started, I missed just one by um, suspension five yellows. And this season, I'm, I've been playing 60% of the game, also started. So um, when I came to, to West Ham, one of the reasons, obviously, was to have, uh, to have a game time. Maybe staying at City would mean that... It was only to be as a squad player and, 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 and wait for the chance for me to play. They needed to invest in young players in the, in the, in the back four, in the defence, because maybe a few of them we were just uh, on, on the 30s and then a club for Manchester City. They always, it's a club with a huge ambition. So they're always looking to win trophies. They need to have everyone in their prime and, and, and all this. So uh, I cannot complain. I give everything for West Ham. Um, or, you know, I, I prove even some people wrong because some of them probably they thought, oh, this guy is coming uh, for the last payday or uh, he will come to, to West Ham to enjoy the city of London or something like that. But I'm a good professional. I, I love football. I 
got so much respect for for my profession. I feel so lucky to play football at the top level, and and, and that's why for every team I've been playing for, I give hundred uh, percent in every game. So that's why uh, West Ham deserve all my respect. And you had the best person selling it to you in Slavan Bilic because he was West Ham through and through. Yeah, he, he was the man that brought me in, honestly. So uh, I felt really bad when, uh, when he left. I spent only a few months with him. I have seen a little Slavan again in the World Cup when we did some punditry for the World Cup for the BBC and, and, and we have been talking. He's a really nice person. Really what good do you manager. think of him as a pundit? <laughs> I really like him actually. He's um he's inside and football is fantastic and uh he's back again. I think he's the, he did our game against uh Man U. I didn't have a chance to to see him before the game or after, but um I'm sure that he he would find some uh, some job soon because as I say he's a really good manager. Is that something that you want to do more of the punditry because you you did the World Cup in Russia? Yes, that was my first uh, experience as a pundit. Uh, I wasn't quite sure, honestly, before that, because one thing is, uh, yeah, I, I can talk to English in a, to somebody, but when you are on TV, live, or, you know, in the studio, it's something that I I never done before, and, and, and it's tough, it's tough. It's not your language, you have to be quick, you have to be ready for the, what they're saying, or when Gary Lineker asks you something, you just need to to understand everything and be quick. TV, this is something that I learned on TV. That's you, you, Maybe they say something to you. We're going to talk about uh, some players, but then the time is different and they just change quickly. And I see so many people also working behind uh, the camera. It was, yeah. uh, I was really surprised about this uh, also. But uh, yes, I must say that uh, was a good experience. Did your wife give you a journalistic debrief afterwards? Uh, I'm not as good as my wife. Um, <laughs> she's probably much better than me. So no, I need to respect my wife. I'm not better than, than, than her. <laughs> I think that every team might feel like they need a, a Pablo Zabaleta coming in because we look at what happened with Manchester City and how the team suddenly had this influx after you came in of huge names, stars in the making. And that's happening here as well at West Ham because since you've been at the club, they've bought in Arnautovic, they've bought in Felipe Anderson. I mean, what's he like up close in training? Because he looks like a brilliant prospect. Yes, well... I- I'm always saying from the first day I came to the club that West Ham is a club with a huge potential. When you look at the club, it's in the, probably in the best city in the UK. Is with a new stadium with 60,000 fans in every match. It can attract every player from different leagues. Like say, uh, Marco was stalking and he decided to come and uh, enjoy for West Ham. Felipe Anderson was playing for Lazio in in Italy, which is uh, a top club. But he also, you know, decided to come and sign for West Ham. So he, he's a job, a young lad from he came from France. Also, he's doing a, he's having a great season. We are a club that we we are looking to improve, to grow as a club. We need to learn from the past, and let's be honest, the Premier League uh, with the new TV money and all this give a chance to all the team to 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 spend big and then bring players from top clubs. And it's getting really, you know, every season is is really hard, the Premier League. Everything is so tight, except for the probably top six. 
outside of these um, six teams, you can see that uh, anybody can beat uh, any team. It is something that we need to be players that we are at West Ham. We need to feel like uh, we are enjoying playing for this club. If we look at this club that is um, to come and play for one season or two seasons to do well and then I want to go somewhere else, you will never create the right mentality to, to become a better club. Obviously, if you got a chance or an offer from one of the top clubs for some of these players, Marco, uh, even uh, Declan now, is, uh, it looks like everyone uh, wants to sign him or Felipe Anderson is at the job. If some of these players got a chance to go and play for a top club, I'm so um, happy for them. But I wish that West Ham can keep them and, and give a, everybody a chance to have a stronger squad for next season, to build something from here. And uh, and then every club you have four or five players that will make things happen, that they, they make the difference for the team. The rest, we need to, to understand that to become a better team and, and all this is by having the right mentality to come every, every day in training thinking that I'm going to be a better player, I'm going to give everything for the, for the team, for the club, to show respect and, and, and this is the best way to, to grow as a team. You've been there at Manchester City, you know, you're the top two clubs in the league at the moment battling it out. Um, so what is that gulf between there and here? Because you've been there, you've, you've been in that dressing room and now you're in this one. Well, a bit different in terms of uh, when you are a Man City, let's say, now or years after two or three years where the club spent big to bring top players, it means that you you have to win every game. You have to, in the way you approach the game is uh, you're thinking we need to find consistency to win games because uh, in the end of uh, the day, we, we want to win trophies for the club. Simple as that. I'm not saying at West Ham we're going to win trophies every single season. Premier League is very tough, but at least we need to have the ambition to fight for some of, uh, let's say, FA Cup, mm. uh, Carabao Cup, those competitions. If you're lucky in the draw and if you perform well enough or if you believe that you got a team that is something that, I don't know, for me, uh, I would say I'm a, I'm a big fan of FA Cup. This is, uh, you know, go and play in Wembley, an FA Cup semi-final or in the final is something that's uh, for the players, for the club, for the fans, is something amazing. So, um, and it is all about six, seven games that you have to win to, to go through and, and, and to have a chance to, to go and, and play in Wembley. So um, when you look at the last few years, the, 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 the FA Cup run for this club being poor, we lost to to Wigan uh, last year the, this season we lost to Wimbledon teams that they were below us in uh, playing in the championship uh, listen with a lot of respect to them because they, they won because they were better that day but I'm saying for a, for a club like us West Ham for the players we need to try to, to, to understand and to, to compete with the right mentality to win these games then you have to play one of the top teams uh, away from home and you got beat okay fair enough but this is what I'm saying. We need to we need to improve a little bit uh, our mentality here. We need the players to to bring consistency, and this is the best way to improve. You didn't get much time with Pep Guardiola. Is that one of your regrets? Because he seems to be that sort of coach. It's all about that mental. He's very good. He's one of the best managers for sure. I spent one season with him, and he was the first season for Pep in England. 
And uh, we did some amazing stuff, but also we made uh, a few mistakes that cost us winning the, the Premier League or the Champions League. And, and, and for a team, for a club like Manchester City, uh, finishing the season without trophies is, is something that, as a play, hurts. You know that when you're there, you, you play to win trophies. So, you see, uh, last season, in the way Manchester City uh, won the league, they've been playing in some one of the best football we have seen in the last few years in the Premier League. This season, they 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 trying to also to with Liverpool in that race for the title to to win. It's so much pressure. It seems like when they lost in the Champions League to Spurs, they were very unlucky. I thought they they they, they played really well. If Sergio Aguero scored the penalty in the first game, probably would have been a different story. So it shows how the Champions League is is very tough, and the small details just make the difference in these games. And and but I'm sure that he will he will stay in Manchester City. He will uh, keep improving the team, and, and and he will keep you know winning trophies. And you're welcome there whenever you want because you have a lifetime season ticket, <laughs> which you can't use at well, the end of this season because <laughs> you'll be why playing. Not? Why not? I'm always. It is always special to to go back at the Etihad and and, and see everybody there when you spend uh, so many years in one. In one place. Uh, Have you managed yeah. to use it? Not yet, not yet. I've been only once last season when they did the celebration uh, for the title uh, after the game against Huddersfield. But because I'm playing for West Ham, it means that every weekend I'm very busy playing in games and all that. And for the Champions League games, it's too late to go there and then come back next day. We got <laughs> training in the morning. I need to be patient. Now I'm, I'm still playing in <laughs> football, so I will have uh, plenty of time when I finish to go and watch the, some the, of the games. The devil side of me is thinking, <laughs> West Ham are definitely safe. This could go down to the last day of the season. <laughs> I've got the, the West Ham press officer looking at me now <laughs> because there must be a temptation if it's all on that final day. I'm Graham Wilcos, here to tell you that the Bradley Wiggins show from Eurosport is back for a brand new series. For 20 years I've just been called a hero and a legend, you know, and other things obviously, but only behind the back. <laughs> we'll bring you stage-by-stage analysis of the Giro d'Italia, the World Championships, La Vuelta, and of course, the Tour de France. Oh, he's got it in. Second time down. Each week, Sir Brad and our panel of cycling experts will be taking a deep dive into the world of two wheels and lycra. Brailsford could put his hand down a toilet and pull chocolate out. The Bradley Wiggins Show from Eurosport is your essential guide to the greatest events in cycling. Subscribe now on Audioboom, Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. speak about the managers that you've had in your life and coaches because you've had quite a lot on the international scale as well as domestic you've picked up all these things along the way is coaching something that interests you yes I'm doing my coaching batches I just uh, I already finished uh, my uh, UEFA B I have to go into the next level but it's something that I probably need time in the summer to to do this but yes, I want to carry on doing my coaching batches because uh, I can see myself after playing career to to do something, uh, you know, to stay in the game. Or I can go uh, into coaching, then, uh, I don't know, sporting director, whatever. But I'm sure that because I love football too much, it's something that I would love to give me myself a chance to, to be a manager one day or, or something like that. I know it is tough, it's not 
really easy. It's something that you need to make sure that when you go into coaching, uh, forget about time with your family, uh, forget even something now. As a football player, we finish training session, we go back home, we, we, we forget about football next day and we turn up again. But as a manager, you have to stay in the training ground for another four or five hours. You have to plan, uh, you know, the, the, this, the weekly schedule for the training session. You, if you win one game, it's good. But if you lose, you have to be ready for people to criticise you or how to, how to motivate your players and all that. It's, something is really tough when I see the manager that's, they look so stressful. Is <laughs> <laughs> something I'm thinking about. Is but yes, maybe we'll see. The transition from player to manager is one of the most successful recent examples, especially being Argentinian for you. Is it Pochettino? I played with Mauricio one one season together at Espanol. He was my first season uh, there, and he was last season. But you can see, Poche was. He, he was one of uh, the character and, and, and in the way he was talking to, to the players. Another player have seen that he, he was, I was 100% sure he was going to be a manager one day. And he, he was very brave because um, when, he, when he stopped playing football, he, I think his first job was at Espanol. They were... Yeah, fighting um, for the relegation and uh, he never had any experience before in football as a manager. He, he kept the team up for the in La Liga and I think he stayed for another two years. He's done a great, incredible job at Espanol and then came to to Southampton. He had a great season there and, and, and you look now what he's doing for Spurs. The team is playing in Champions League every season without spending big money and, 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 and he makes the team play really good football They're in the semi-final of the Champions League so um, yes I'm, I'm, I'm a good, uh, I have a good relationship with, with Mauricio and I'm very pleased for him He's taken that route of being a number two hasn't he to get his chance a little bit like Mikel Arteta mm. at Manchester City is going down that route learning along the yes. way is that what appeals to you more? Uh, definitely you when you finish, uh, you know, as a player, you, sometimes you need a bit of luck for to have a chance that one of the managers that give you the opportunity or the chance to join his staff and, and, and to work with them is something that, as a player, if you think into to become a, a manager one day, you, you can learn, you know, from. And then... And, and and when you look at Enzo Maresca here with uh, with Manuel Pellegrini, the same thing. He's uh, uh, he's learning from him. He, he played uh, under Manuel uh, Pellegrini um, as a player in Malaga, and, and now he's he's having his first experience here, you know, um, as a coach in, with his staff. So um, we'll see. Maybe uh, go a phone call from from Mauricio. I don't know, uh, or for somebody to go and work with. Looking reflectively on your career, I'm guessing a couple of those high points. One of them, you know, you scored that opening goal when yeah, the when, forgotten yeah, goal. The forgotten goal. <laughs> Look, I can tell that that resonates. Yeah, yeah, Torre into Zabaleta. Good hit. It's in. It's in. It's Pablo Zabaleta's first Premier League goal of the season, and Manchester City in front and top of the table again. I always say it's a 
to Sergio, to oh, Sergio, where uh, you know, I, I can't believe you're selling share with the 93 minutes, 24, I don't know, and and you know, aware on it, and you scored the winner, and you are the hero of of that day, you know. But at halftime, I thought we should finish one nil, you know, so I would be the hero. Something that's uh, fans and people we keep watching that game and and, and looking Savalita he scored the the only goal that gave uh, Manchester City. The, the first Premier League after many years, but when uh, when QPR equalised the game and then they scored the second goal, I thought, oh my God, I don't score many goals uh, during the <laughs> season. I, that was my first one in probably the best game, but uh, you know, then uh, in the end, which is we needed uh, Seco and Nawera to the rescue. I, I think it's the equivalent of being the firstborn in a family, but then you know, three more kids come along and then there's the youngest. You know. <laughs> Everyone's going to talk about the youngest. That's going to be Aguero. Um, I have to get you on him because he feels to me like a player that has, even though he's been given a lot of credit, he's, his goals mm. speak for himself, that's been a little overlooked. You know, you look at those lists he when des- Messi, yeah, Ronaldo's I'm a, I'm a I, I think he deserves so, so much credit. I mean, he's probably one of the best strikers we, we have seen in the, in the Premier League for the last seven, eight years. He's a fantastic striker, one of the best players to play with, definitely. Such a really nice lad as well. You know, I, I think also Manchester City has been so lucky to, to have a striker like, like Sergio. He, when you look uh, at the top strikers uh, like Suarez, Messi, Hurricane for uh, Spurs, and you know, these, you, that is why you need to, to win trophies. You need to, one of uh, the, the top strikers in the world to, to have in your team to score goals, and, and, and Sergio always does it. So that brings me on to the World Cup final you were in. Hmm. So how does that go down in memory? Because you're so close, but yes. yet so far. Uh, well, uh, it, it was tough, obviously. It's um, still hard every time I, I, I look at... Uh, some uh, clips from from this game. I try not to watch much because uh, it still hurts, you know. When when you think how how close we we have been to to win the World Cup in that final against uh, Germany, that we had the best chances in the game. We were very unlucky not to not to score a, um, a goal that probably would have uh, been enough to to win it. And then we went to to the extra time, and then we conceded a goal just uh, four or five minutes before the the end of the game. And uh, so, yes, it is still really tough when when you think about uh, that final. But I have to say, as a football player, and I'm very proud to to have been involved in one of the most important games that you can have as a football player. We started this with England. You coming to England? I think this is a great way to bring it back full mm. circle because. I get the impression that this is somewhere that you would like to stay as well. So do you see your future being in England too, well, from I, here on in? I made this country a beautiful place uh, to live with the family, to work. I spent uh, most of the time of uh, my career here. I know many people. I don't know, uh, my, my wife is from Barcelona. I spent three years living in, in this uh, wonderful city and uh, we would like at least to have some break after footballing, uh, we missed a little bit the sunshine and then the beach and all this. Uh, so uh, maybe when I finished, we will go back there with the family. But uh, I know that if I have a chance uh, to work in football and, and to come back to England, I have no doubt that, you know, I, I, I will 
even myself you know when when you when you have been for so long in in one place you you know 100% that if you have a chance again to come back I will definitely so um I don't know now I don't want to think too much because in football everything changed so quickly and then and, and uh, at the moment I just want to enjoy playing in my last um few years uh, or few games I don't know how to say a few years because uh, I'm 34 now but uh, <laughs> I just trying to to keep myself fit I got maybe I want to play one more season I can see myself going for another year and We'll see where, but uh, if I have to stay in England, uh, I will be so happy. As I said before, I'm enjoying my time at this uh, football club and, and also working with Manuel Pellegrini again. So we'll see. We might see you in a dugout, but you've got to fulfil your promise of giving your wife some sun first, I think. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> she, she's been really good. Uh, when I say to my wife the first time that we moved to England, I say, this is only for four, four or five years, then we come back again to Spain. So... <laughs> I can't, you know, it's been 11 years, maybe it would be 12 years. So uh, she deserved to, to go back to her family and all that. But definitely I can see uh, myself um, working, you know, in some of the English club. Yeah, well, we wish you all the best with that. And enjoy, you. enjoy your summer barbecue. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our Offside Rule exclusive. There'll be another one next month. But in the meantime, make sure you're subscribed to hear our weekly discussions. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.